You're listening to Range Minded from Independence Indoor Shooting. Before we get started, if you haven't yet, make sure you leave us some feedback on wherever you get your podcast from. It really does help us out a lot. This is episode 80, where we have a very special guest, Idaho State Representative Chad Christensen. We talk about his strong support for the Second Amendment, what we as citizens can do to make our voices heard, and a whole lot of other things. As always, thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy episode 80 of Range Minded, the interview with State Representative Chad Christensen. Hello and welcome to Range Minded from Independence Indoor Shooting. My name is Mark Long, and I am joined not only by... Steve Zimmerman, but we have somebody else here. We sure do. Who, who do we have? Representative Chad Christensen. <laughs> a, uh, the, an Idaho State Representative, or the Idaho State Representative, Chad <laughs> Christensen. Thank you for joining us. I really appreciate your time, sir. You bet. Yeah, so it was a little chaotic trying to get going. We had some, some glitches, so we're kind of, well, I'm flustered. I don't know about everybody else, but. <laughs> um, I'm good. I think we're both cool, cool as a cucumber. Chad and I are great. Yeah, see, so I'm just, I'm just over-exaggerating my life. Is that what it is? Maybe a little of it. That's okay. You know what? You're the you're the passionate one of the two of us. So, oh, I guess <laughs> passionate about some things. I guess so. But Chad is a big Second Amendment supporter, and uh, so naturally we had to have him on the podcast. He's also a leg- you know a state legislator, which is uh, a great thing. So, thank you for uh, for spending some time with us. Like I said earlier, thank you. Yeah, you bet. All right. So, Chad, how did you? Uh, what what made you want to get involved in politics? Like. Why? Well, it's actually a second amendment <laughs> issue. Uh, why decided you? Well, well, first of all, I, I ran for sheriff in 2012. You know, I was a constitutional candidate in Monroe County. Um, you know, because I, I was worried about the federal, you know, federal intrusions in in our state and county, and so I decided to run that platform. Um, this recent go around, um, I was frustrated with uh, um, Tom Mercher's uh, blocking bills in the, in the state affairs committee that included constitutional carry. Mm-hmm. You know, several. Um, instances where he blocked, blocked constitutional carry and also the standard ground bill the house mm-hmm. put forward he, he blocked that bill so I, I finally you know what well, I, I I told the great crew of the second amendment alliance that I might run against this guy because we're, we're in the same district and he thought okay and we, we talked about it and stuff and then uh, you know, he called back and said hey there's there's some uh, someone going to run in Bear Lake against Tom Richard and so I said okay let him go he's probably more, more known than I am in the district um, he backed out in February of 2018. So great call back. Hey, Chad, you know, we run. <laughs> and, and, and I had a, a, I'm other people in the district uh, talk to me too, you know, here in Bible County. You know, Brian Smith and some others yeah. kind of taught me and talked to me about it. And you know, I decided, you know, I, I should do it because, uh, you know, who else will? You know, if I don't step up, you know, then probably nobody will. Sure. And it was time for him to go. He, he'd been in office for 30 years. See, I didn't realize he was there that long. Right. That's a long time. Right. Man, we need we need uh, term limits. <laughs> <laughs> so how long how long have you been a state representative, Chad? Uh, just a year now. So I'm still pretty new. Okay. Freshman and, yeah. So what's your impression of the uh, the Idaho legislature so far? Well, that's yeah, that's a big question. Um, <laughs> I'm full of them. <laughs> you know, I. Probably about what I thought it'd be like, you know, you know, and there's also some things that I was was surprised that were, were that were pleasant. Um, for example, that you know, certain leadership members I thought weren't as against uh, certain agendas, you know, that I thought they were. Um, you know, 
Um, Majority Leader Mike Moyle will, is, is, will help me with the school carry bill this coming session. So that's pre, that, you know, so I appreciate that. He, he'll speak to the he'll speak to the uh, chairman Steve Harris of the committee to to get that bill going through. So hopefully he'll follow through with that and on his word. And so so yeah, surprised me there. Um, so some of the games and and uh, you know certain chairman blocking bills, which is you know I I, I expected was going to happen, which I don't agree with. You know the the uh, committee should decide, you know, how a bill should move forward. Not, not, a, not a single chairman. Um, so that was expected, and that did happen to me on <laughs> more than one occasion. <laughs> but, um, and then also that you know certain you know legislators that I that I really enjoy being around. You know, I'm a, that that are quite liberty minded like me. Um, are there were there more in this in the house than what you thought there would be that were more liberty oriented? I did, yeah. In fact, you know, a couple that I wasn't. Uh, well, in fact, Steve, you know, the chairman Steve Harris has has a quite a good voting record, but he blocked my school carrier bill. <laughs> so, so his, his his voting record's you know quite conservative. So I appreciate that. Um, and also, Vito Barbareri, you know, was quite conservative, and I, I and I didn't realize that. Um, and yeah, there's there's several of us Liberty legislators that you know we I instantly. You know, we slowly became friends, and nice. you, know, you know, before the before the session started, uh, you know, Priscilla Giddings, uh, Heather Scott, Steve, Brian Zollinger, Robert E. Hart, mm-hmm. Tammy Nichols. I can go on with them, but um, yeah. So yeah, being with them has been quite enjoyable, and and uh, you know, creating a friendship and a bond, and and you know, and we we uh, plan and and scheme, <laughs> <laughs> and so you know, I enjoy that part of it. That's awesome. Yeah, it's got to be an adventure like every day and and every session, you know, that you that you go into the to the legislature. Yeah, for sure. There's always something new that pops up, and you know, and certain drama that pops up. You know, we have you know people that show up to the court to the state house every day that are mostly liberally. Um, I'm a, I'm a liberal minded because they're from Boise area, which is too bad because we have a, this whole state that's quite conservative, and they don't really you know they can't come out to Boise and. Yeah. And testify and and plead to their legislators like like the people in Boise can. Um, so you know you know you know so we see a lot of that in the state house. A lot of a lot of locals in Boise that are that aren't like minded like I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, let's talk about that for a second, if you don't mind. I just because you know independence is uh, is here in the Treasure Valley. Um, you know, which is you know there's a lot of, of firearm manufacturers and there's you know supposedly at least a lot of pro two way folks here, but I think maybe in the city of Boise, there might not be some folks who are um, as pro second amendment as the rest of the state. Can you talk about kind of what you've noticed about that? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you heard of the bacon incident. Um. <laughs> the bacon well, restaurant. let's, uh, I, I have heard of it. I, I learned that was you today. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but for, if somebody that's listening, hasn't heard uh, about that incident, let's talk about it a little bit. Tell give us the play by play. All right. Uh, yeah. I, I was gonna bring it up. Um, yeah, what happened is, uh, you know, it's my birthday, and it was during session. So, so some gentlemen offered to take me to lunch, and uh, they were open carrying firearms in the Capitol, which is allowed. Sure. And, and we walked from there to the Capitol to the bacon restaurant. I was carrying, but I was, you know, I was concealed. I, you know, my jacket was on. So we walk in, and, and the bacon restaurant has a has a menu in the back. You know, that you order in the back, and they and they cook the food in the back. You know, but you you order from the menu. Or a sign up, up top has okay. a yeah. counter. So you you know you, you look at the counter, you know you know, you're much like a 
fast food place, you know, the counter and the cash register. Sure, sure. So we order it and pay for it. Then we, then we go sit down, and uh, we sit. We sat in a little, in a little area that's kind of had, blocked off, had some walls around it, and a uh, you know, entrance away. So we weren't, really, we weren't really seen by a lot of people. But but we were when we walked in. Um, I, I pulled my jacket off and sat down, and this man comes walking in, just irate and belligerent. Um, so what are you guys doing in my restaurant? Open carrying carrying firearms. You, you know you. Just rude and belligerent. Um, Yikes. He, he uh, looked at one of them and saw his shoulder holster and said, that's over the top. He saw my firearm on my side and said, that, you know, you appear to be, to, you know, you know, to be militia. I'm like, <laughs> what are you talking about? So just for the record, how, how are you carrying? I was, you know, I'm carrying on my belt on, on my side. Okay. You know, yeah. Just, a, you know, I was. Pretty just, standard carry. Right. I was dressed yeah, up yeah, yeah. in my suit from the, you know, being in session. And, sure. And I told the I actually and we told the guy, hey, you know, if you want to refinance our money, we'll walk out. You know, no feelings hurt. You know, this is your place. This is your right to. That's allow fair. What you want. Sure. Yeah. You know, it's private property. We'll we'll walk out. Sure. He's like, you know, he kept he kept pouting. No, and you know, and you're uh, scaring my customers. And we kept saying, <laughs> we'll leave. You can refinance our money. But I'm sure they already cooked the food. We're cooking it, so we don't want to lose his money. Who knows why? He was yeah. <laughs> sure. Or he, so, just, or he just wanted a reason to complain. Right. So how, so so how says, did that end? Yeah. Well, he ended up uh, walking out and slamming. Well, he the way he did it, he's like, "Well, I'll shut this curtain behind behind you guys." And he slammed he, that little entrance way I, I mentioned had a curtain, and he slammed that curtain across and <laughs> and hit us in there. Um, so that that weekend I was home and I thought I'll I'll post on my personal page on Facebook just to tell friends and boys, you know, don't go here. It's not good for me. Sure, sure. And then you know I thought you know. And then for that reason, I, you know, I, I didn't want to blow up, you know, blow up on my political page, so I posted on my personal page, and you know, you know, thinking it would avoid that big political mess. But sure. trolls are everywhere, right? So yeah, it, it didn't. They'll avoid, find you, yeah. <laughs> it didn't avoid anything. Oh man! And it blew up, and so I had the news. You know, it, it was all over the news and Boise area, especially. And you know, I showed up Monday to, to session, and you know, the you know TV news was there wanting to interview me, and <laughs> and so yeah, they twisted it to be. To, I, I started a boycott against him, and which I didn't. Um, yeah, I don't remember seeing anything about Chad Christensen tells nobody to go here and <laughs> never go there again. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The intent was to not, you know, to tell friends they were gun owners not to go here because they're not gun friendly. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the whole I think downtown Boise and the whole area there is just it's it's well, it's, it's turned so purple, almost blue now. Oh, it's, it's I think it's quite blue. Yeah, you think so? You know, I, I think it's going away of Portland and yeah, Seattle, yeah. and that's what I'm worried about with Idaho is we're, we're, we're in for some trouble here if we don't get hold of something and, and stop this uh, you know, liberal agenda from you know, from you know, controlling the state. <laughs> so why do you think that is, Chad? Do you think it's just that people more people are moving in or that it's just there's more people in general? You know, What, what do you think is, is the cause of that, uh, that change? Because Boise hasn't always been that way. Right. Yeah, I, I believe they're implants. I mean uh, – I mean, uh, transplants. Transplants. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> not implants. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think a lot of them are, you know, from out of state. You know, it, and there are a lot of good ones that move into Idaho that are conservative that, that run away from, you know, California or the east or west coast that are conservative. Sure. Come here. So I, I, I do appreciate those folks, but the ones that, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're definitely a lot in flux of transplants that are. That are liberal minded, and you know, for, you know, for example, the new president of BSU is from Santa Cruz. You know, she's 
you know, they hired her. That, and she's, that's Trump. Trump, yeah. yeah. You know, she's, you know. Yeah, yeah there was a kind of a, a scuttlebutt about that, too. Right. Yeah, <laughs> we've been button heads for sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be tough being, you know, because you seem like somebody who, st- who sticks to their beliefs no matter what, you know, and, and stays true, no, no matter what kind of political fall you may uh you may or may not endure because of that. But, um, you know, how do you deal with that backlash as, as a politician, you know, having, having to deal with people spewing every opinion, which way at you? Well, yeah, you know, I, I used to get a little fresh, you know, frustrated at first and got, got kind of upset and kind of, you know, these people are hating me, but sure. You know, sure. Not, not I'm pretty relaxed. I don't, <laughs> I'm, getting so used to it. I'm getting so used to it. You know, I, I think if, if the liberal, these, these liberals are so mad at me and, and so angry and, you know, that I'm, you know, that I'm doing what's right. You know, I feel like I'm on track and I'm doing what I need to be doing if, if they're so angry and, and frustrated at me. Well, sure. Because yeah. I feel like there's some parallels to be to be drawn between, you know, pro 2A and anti 2A people about, you know, I think a lot of a lot of anti Second Amendment folks get you know, very virulent and very angry and very verbal about things and you know, it's hard not to take the bait as somebody who's pro two A, and sometimes you just kind of have to let them do their thing, you know. And and I think right. I feel like as a politician, you could be, you're kind of a model of that, just kind of, just taking it and letting it kind of roll off your back. Am, am I right? I think so. Yeah, I, I've gotten to the point where I just kind of yeah, just do, do do just that, you know, roll off my back and and move on. Yeah, <laughs> you have to, or or, or it consume you, and you you couldn't get anything done. And, sure. So. Well, and you're back. You're law enforcement, right? Background, right? Yeah. So you've had to deal with interesting characters, <laughs> sure. In a previous employment, so sure. that probably helps a little bit. Yeah, that has helped. To, you know, to be an ex law enforcement, you know, and and also I think being an ex coach and you know also a current high school umpire, <laughs> which you get a lot of. <laughs> That's probably of worse than the law enforcement, I would right. imagine. <laughs> so. So, so let's talk about a couple things here, if you don't mind. Why is the why is the Second Amendment so important to you, Chad? Well, you know, you know, people think that I am a, this crazy gun guy, and I, I you know, I, I do love guns. Don't get me wrong, um, and I enjoy my firearms and shooting and hunting and and self defense and and uh, well, but to me, the Second Amendment is very important because it, it uh, protects all our, it, it protects all our rights. You know, freedom of sure, speech, yeah, hundred percent. Um, so that's that's the biggest reason why I'm so so pro Second Amendment. You know, such a, you know such an advocate for it. Is, you know, you know, if we lose that 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 right, then we'll lose all, you know, then we're, then we're doomed to lose all other freedoms. Yeah, there's a, I believe there's, unless I'm making making stuff up, there's a uh, a poster in Independence Indoor Shooting that says you can't have the first without the second, and I firmly believe that. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there was a reason why they they put that in there as a, as a second God given right, and. and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's it's what limits the government from doing stuff. It's not necessarily our right to carry. It's the government can't take that because it's God given. It's not it's not government given. So it's really a restriction on the federal government and the state government. It's not a, a gift to us. Yeah, right. I th- that's that's the thing. I think that a lot of people miss out is or uh, or that misinterpret rather is that it's not a uh, you know a right given to us by the government. It's a, a divinely you know bestowed right upon you know, man to defend himself and his family and his property and everything. And that right, you know, which is a natural given right is not to be infringed upon. Yeah. The government didn't give it to us, so they can't take it away. Exactly. Yep. I, yep. 
Yeah, right on track there. That's how I believe. <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah. So if you don't mind, I, let's talk about your background a little bit because you haven't, you know, like you said, you've only been in the legislature for about a, a legislature for about a year, and uh, you know, I'm sure that's that's been you know quite an experience, like you've talked about so far, dealing with all kinds of characters from all over the state. But um, you know, I think your background kind of uniquely qualifies you, especially as a Second Amendment advocate. Um, so tell us kind of a bit about uh, where where Chad Christensen comes from. Well, born and raised here in you know, Idaho Falls, um, served the LDS mission in San Diego. Um, you know, I, I was in the Army Reserves for you know thirteen years. I served in the in, in the military police corps, um, and then uh, you know, dur- and, and during that time, I was I, I worked in Jefferson County as a probation officer, then state probation and parole, and then state welfare fraud investigations. Wow. Um, so yeah, I mean that. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, you know, just having that background in the military and law enforcement, uh, you know, I, I can see, you know, all the <laughs> evil out there that's... <laughs> all sorts of different <laughs> colors of reality. Right. Um, but I think just having, you know, the experience with firearms and, and you know, and in fact, when I, went, I was serving in the mil- in the Army and they, they gave us a litmus test. I don't know if you've heard of the, you know, they, they asked us if we would... Uh, Go door to door and take firearms away from citizens in that test. And I, I was, I was pretty upset about that. Wow. When, I, when I read that, um, really, yeah, yeah. I and uh, you know they asked that question in that test, and and I had to, this private that I was I was in charge of, and he he got all excited. Oh, we get, we can go door to door and, and confiscate firearms. Oh no! <laughs> and I lived into him like and and made the kid cry actually. <laughs> <laughs> so I I. I you, you, you know, you know, I hope I, you know, I taught, him, taught him a little bit. He wasn't too scared or mad at me, but, but uh, you know, I think most of our military, I think, leans our way. And I'm hoping that when things hit the fan, and that we, that we can count on them. I hope so. It makes, we, it makes me nervous half the time. <laughs> right, me too. You yeah, know, actually, it, speak, speaking of that, you know, Steve, Steve's the uh, the resident pessimist here. Is that uh, you know we're we're gonna, everything's going to be confiscated, and that you know we're going to be under the thumb of a dictator here, or whatever. What do you, what do you I think? Do- Say that. Well, I, you've inferred <laughs> it. What, Chad, what do you think? I mean, you know, being being kind of boots on the ground in the legislature, especially here in Idaho, which is a, a great, you know, pro-Second Amendment uh, amendment state, uh, what, what do you think the future of the Second Amendment looks like, you know, five, maybe 10, 15, 20 years down the road? Well, I think the biggest threats are from the federal government. You know, I think, you know, Idaho has to stay strong and stand up to that threat. If we don't, yeah, we're in big trouble. Um, I don't think we're gonna have too many too many issues from from within, unless you know you know the Boise issue and it overtakes the state and you know and we get and it goes blue. But um, I think the biggest threat is the federal government. You know, really, I do. And 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 we have a current law on the books that you know that uh, makes makes it in a, um, for any officer that's you know a, a sheriff, sheriff deputy or or, or or a local police officer to enforce federal gun control laws, he's he's guilty of a misdemeanor. So that's on the books, and and, and but it's not enough teeth. I don't think. I think we need to have more teeth. To, you know, to, you know, to nullify right. these, these gun control laws altogether. Sure. Um, yeah. So to be fair, he makes it sound like I think all guns need to be confiscated. What I said, now it was about a year ago in a podcast that this, in my, <laughs> at the current state, the, the Second Amendment is not going to be the same for our kids as the way it was for when I was a kid. 
that there's going to be restrictions, and I and I can still see it happening. Well, it already is. It's one president away from from sure. being completely gone. Well, there already is restrictions. Yeah, that happened in the you know twenties, thirties with the in the eighties, eighties. Yeah. yeah, so. Yeah, See, you go, so I'm not wrong. Jeez. Well, but I, yeah, yeah. I hope I'm wrong. I mean, a lot of things could change. I, and unfortunately, in my opinion, the current administration hasn't been real helpful when it comes to firearms. Unfortunately, well, yeah, yeah, I don't think so either. Well, and what's you know what's most fascinating to me is not you know it might not be left versus right or liberal versus conservative or whatever, but it seems to be city versus rural. Is it? Yeah, I know, think that's probably more the case. Eastern Idaho is is more of a, a rural area than. Um, you know, than Boise and the Treasure Valley and everything. And, and there's not a better or worse or a, or a more or less or anything like that. You know, I've been to Eastern Idaho. It's a beautiful place. And, and, you know, the Treasure Valley's a good place too. Um, but, you know, as, as coming from Eastern Idaho, Chad, what do you think, what do you see as the differences between in, in thought between fire and, and let me back up a little bit. What do you, what do you see as the differences in, you know, thoughts on firearms between, you know, Eastern Idaho, the little more rural kind of, area and and the western idaho a little more urban kind of kind of uh lifestyle well we we we, we touched on it i think um you know i think small small town idaho or or are more inclined to be you know religious believe in god um than, than for example you know big area big urban areas i'm more or less uh, inclined to believe in religion god and um more secular and um and you think there's Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. And, and believe that you know rights are issued from government or or to privilege to exercise you know the you know, the right to own a firearm. But I think the people in in, in uh, rural Idaho, small town Idaho, believe that you know you know like we just talked about it, you know it's God given right, and you know I'll, I'll be damned if I give my gun over to some government official. So I think that you know quite a quite a difference there from you know, urban areas and and these small small town Idaho but for that reason. Yeah, I mean, Steve, you you've spent a fair amount of time here in the valley, and you know, you mm-hmm. obviously grew up in eastern Idaho. What do you what do you think is the big difference? Well, I think it it really is just that that you get so accustomed to having everything on demand. Like you can go anywhere in Boise and get whatever you want any time of day. Where you know, here growing up, we had to work for it. We had to wait to go to town. You know, so I think uh, as a common sense or being grounded, I don't know what you want to call it, but. We're just a little bit more slower paced and probably a little bit more methodical in our thinking. And and maybe that's not even a fair statement either, but I don't know. I, th- I think we kind of think things through a little bit more. Working with your hands is totally different than working with your brain too. Being, being in touch with the ground and, and having to work for your food also changes a lot of mindset. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a whole different world. And I, I feel like, you know, honestly that both – there's got to be a mutual respect, you know, and I, I think, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, it's hard to say. I think that there's a respect a little bit on, on both sides, but there's just, it's such a different lifestyle. I mean, when you grow up in a rural area that guns are just a part of life. And when you grow up in an urban area, guns are only associated with crime. And that's, that's the unfortunate thing. You know what I mean? As somebody who grew up in, in a very urban area and outside a very urban area, one of the biggest cities in the country, um, you know, the only time you hear about firearms are either in movies or, or in a crime. And, you well, know, and as we've talked about it before is that, you know, defensive gun uses happen, you know, hundreds of times a day. Thousands of times a day. And, and I think too, you know, you get to a rural area, there's a lot of hunting going on, a lot more recreational shooting. And you're right in the, in the urban areas, 
all you hear about on the nightly news is, you know, so many people gunned down. Like, you know, in Chicago, you're familiar with hearing the news every night in Chicago where, you know, there's tons of gang violence and guns are just evil. And that's all you see. You never see any kind of positive light to them. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because there's, you know, we and we've talked about it ad nauseum on the podcast about, you know, not only is there hunting and self-defense, but there's the shooting sports as well. The comp, the competition aspect to it that I think a lot of people don't understand and don't realize that's that's a real thing. Well, you know, you think about the, the thousands of defensive gun uses in a day. Think about the hundreds of millions of rounds that are shot in a week, whether it be at a range or a, a match or something that no incident, you know, zero it's pretty amazing when you think about it that way too, to me at least anyways. Yeah. Isn't that insane? But, but I'll, people I'll don't talk about some that. Knowledge and some safety. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Unless you're a paper target, I guess it's probably a make. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Chad, switch gears a little bit. You've been to independence indoor shooting, right? Have you been to our shop over there? I haven't yet. No. Oh, oh you have, Oh, you got to come through, man. It's great. Yeah, because so oh, I'll be, oh, uh, in, in Meridian. Yeah. Oh, I've been there. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, you're good. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's huge, right? It's yeah, it's crazy. It's a good facility. Yeah. Well, because I was going to ask, what what kind of shooting do you enjoy? Are you a hunter? Are you are you more self defense oriented? What what kind of firearm? Uh, you know, uh, are are you into? How do you lean? I guess. <laughs> How do you I'm lean? Sure lean. Yeah. I'm not sure. I have is, you know, I lean a certain way, and you know, I enjoy it. I enjoy it all. I mean, I love to shoot my ARs. I love to, you know, my just, you know, my, my 6.5 Creamor AR platform and, and, you know, and the hunting rifles. I mean, I, you know, I love to hunt. I love to hunt birds. You know, I um, really enjoy pheasant hunting in South Dakota with my family. and Lots of birds over there. Oh, man. Oh, my it's God. awesome out there. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 you know, and and my father target practices a lot and he, and he goes to matches in Rexburg, cowboy shooting and out to west of Idaho Falls and seeps and takes me yeah seeps and takes me sometimes and I go you know and you know I yeah I enjoy it all there's not a certain (laughs) sure and that's and and that's the thing is what we talked about before on the podcast and I think what a lot of people don't understand is that um you know my my previous point is that the shooting shooting sports and firearms encompasses such a huge breadth and scope of you know, different enthusiasts, whether that's hunting or self-defense or tactical or, um, you know, anything. And And there's so many different avenues you can go down in the shooting sports. And each branch of the shooting sports really is its own entity. I mean, I, I've met competitive shooters where they're just competitive shooters. They don't like the idea of hunting or anything like that. They, they're completely just focused on that, that one skill set. So it's, I don't know. That's why I think it's so fascinating about the firearms industry or the shooting sports in itself is, I mean, you can be dedicated just to one thing and, and it'll take you a long time to even master that, that one element, I think. Oh, for sure. So let's, um, let's switch gears a little bit more. Um, let's talk about, because one of the things we talked about on this podcast is about how, you know, the average person can get involved into, um, you know, to help secure their second amendment rights. We've talked about, you know, becoming a, uh, a member of the gun owners of America talking about the second amendment Alliance and Greg Pruitt and all the great work he's doing. Um, but what can they do? You know, talk about, uh, contacting their representatives, because I think that's the, the biggest hurdle that 
a lot of people have. They don't want to. They don't want to email or write or talk to their representatives because they don't think it's going to do any good. But um, you know, Chad, maybe you can shed some light on what, what we can do as average citizens to help reach out and, and make our opinions heard. Well, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll give you an example. In your last session, I had the skilled carrier bill, which allows enhanced permit holders to to carry in, in schools K through twelve. Um, and, and I actually beg people to, hey, write, write Chairman Steve Harris your opinion about this bill and to let it be heard and, and have the public hearing on it. And I think if he, had, you know, if, you know, if he would have been overwhelmed by emails and phone calls and and uh, I, I believe he would have had the hearing. Um, so I, I, I do believe that if they, you know, contact legislators and say, hey, you know, we, hey, you know, we're in favor of this bill, school carry bill or whatever bill it may be, I think that, that has a great impact. You know, if they receive 200 emails from their constituents saying they you know, support this bill, mm-hmm. they'll think about it. And, well, I pro- probably do it because, you know, I've actually heard from several congressmen, you know, I, I, you know, I you know, received a thousand emails from my constituents, so I couldn't say no to that, to that vote. So it, it, it does work. Um, and that's the thing. It only takes a few minutes. Right. And, and uh, what makes me kind of think about this is a couple of weeks ago or last week, um, Idaho Second Amendment Alliance was in Idaho Falls. Mm-hmm. And, and I met with you there, too. And I was actually really disappointed. I, I didn't feel like it was that big of a group right. to come and support the cause, I guess you could say. And I posted it on Facebook, and so many people said, well, I didn't even know about it. How, they, do you do you follow the Second Amendment Alliance? I mean, you know, it, it's not that hard to find information about it, right? It's, and and it to me, it's apathy. I think that's what a lot of it boils down to is yeah. is a lot of people. You know, they might be really concerned about the Second Amendment, but they don't do anything about it, and it really frustrates me. And I've been in that same place too. Like, oh, I, I don't have time to make a phone call or write an email, and I've had to kind of wend my ways and and do a little be a little bit more proactive and i don't know if anybody else is still concerned about it i think at at least in my point of view a lot of idahoans they feel that way oh you know somebody else will take care of it it's never going to happen here right yeah they're complacent and apathetic i think you know this is idaho it won't happen here attitude and well guess again you know you know things are in the works and there are red flag laws in fact there's there's a a Democrat legislator has a red flag law that's going to bring it forward, or not a law, but a, a bill, a bill that, that she's going to bring forward next session. So I mean, it's it's, it's in the works, you know. We, we and we need to be vigilant and keep fighting it all the time, or it's going to we're, or we're going to lose this state. And and we are in a good spot right now, but like you're saying, it's important to get ahead of that right curve. Before Absolutely. I mean, look at the the guys in Washington now that they're they're really frustrated about Washington State where they're. Guys on the eastern side of the state, they have no voice right? because they never stood up for themselves before. Right. Yeah, I think there's really, like you said, Steve, there's a lot of complacency and people just don't think about it or they don't care. And they think that their their rights are going to be there no matter what. And, and I, unfortunately, I think, that's not the case. I think, too, that social media has been really good at at uh, labeling, you know, labeling, labeling conservatives as oh, you're just racist or you're a bigot or whatever. And, and we don't want to be felt that way or we don't want to be called that way. And so I think we avoid uh, avoid the storm, I guess, a little bit. I was labeled lynching and, 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 and they use that tactic to, you know, you know, come at conservatives and, you know, they wanted to, you know, attach labels to, you know, to me, we, you know, the extremist or radical or which, you know, then they can, you know, make it stick. Yeah. You know, you know that's part of their agenda. Um, oh, go ahead. 
No, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, so as as an average citizen, what can, what can we do to to kind of make our argument about you know the Second Amendment and that we stand for our rights? And um, you know, do you have any advice on kind of that regard of it? As an average citizen, that what what, what, I'm a, I'm a, what they can do to stand for the rights you're saying? Yeah, yeah, it, it's a tough question. I know because. We face a lot of opposition, I feel like, you know, and a lot of loud opposition. But what can what what do you think, you know, as a legislator, what can we do to to make sure that we stand up for our rights? I think the biggest thing is to, you know, be, you know, make some noise and be heard. You know, I think if, you know, you know, you know, attend a gun rally and, and you know, I'm just been gun rallies around the state, you know, and, you know, go to those rallies and be loud and let the media know that, hey, we're serious and uh, you know it, it'll get around to legislators and, and, and the governor and and congressmen and you know I, I think that's the biggest key is being loud about our about our right um, and I think uh, you know email you know email you know what you know we mentioned that um, how, how many actually it, it, maybe maybe you can't answer this how many legisl- legislators do you feel like actually respond to their constituents Wow, that's that's a tough <laughs> that's question. A, that's a tough. Moment. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know I think some some are really good about it. You know, I, I try to be really good about it. You know, if I see a a form email that's sent by a certain organization that's a form email, I don't really that's hard to respond to, and you know you, you know you get so many of them, but but the ones that actually email me, and you know that you know I I'll, 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 you know I'll, I'm, I'm I'm always respond to them. So I think. It's probably half and half. I would imagine that which ones are, you know. Yeah, one thing I, the reason why I asked that is I, I've emailed and and called some some folks that have been in office for quite a while about you know about this very subject and and I just get form emails back or right. form letters back that their their signatures just stamped on there. So right. sometimes I wonder, do you even you know are they really even listening? Well, that's the problem. I think you know the the, the longer you've been in office, the less you care about the people that you're supposed to, you know should be serving. Um, you know, my last opponent I, I, I you know, believe that was his, the case with him you know he was out of touch with his constituents because he didn't really care about what they kind of got what, they thought and what the issues were and right you know, he, you know he became entitled to his position and you know it happens you know you're in for 10 years or more and that's going to happen you know I can't even have wanted to be in office that long honestly oh right and I, I've only been <laughs> yeah, a year. 30 years man that's <laughs> oh. insane yeah I mean I've been in a year I'm like I don't know if I can do this for <laughs> <laughs> Even ten years. Well, that's know? the right attitude to have, though. I mean, that, the right. point of of an elected office isn't to be there forever. Right. It's just to to make your voice heard of the people that you represent, and that's it. Oh, sure. Well, our founders set up to you know, you, you know, if you're a blacksmith or a farmer, then you go serve for a few years, and, and then and then go back to your, your your profession. You know, that's how they want it to be. Yeah. You know, not to be a you know career politician. You know, that was never the right. Never, never the agenda. It was you know you, you you know you leave your profession for a little bit for a little while then. And return to it. So, are there any any upcoming bills on the horizon that you see? Like you mentioned, that red flag law that's going to be brought up to. Yeah, it's, I haven't really, I haven't, I don't know the exact contents of the bill, but I know it's going to, you know, be along those lines that you know that uh, Representative Wintrow is going to bring forward, and what, and 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 yeah, well, in that session too, it was kind of red flag type of law too, and but we shot it down. The House did. Yeah. Um, and it's that kind of seems like the avenue that they're going is is for safety, right? Which right. they oh, always yeah. use that word safety for for our protection. They got to disarm us, which sounds familiar from other civilizations in the past. Right. Well, and also Marsh's Law is going to. I've seen advertisements from Marsh's Law again, which 
and we, you know, we did, you know, we defeated it Thank goodness. twice now, but, but it's coming back again, I believe, because we're you know, showing advertisements for it again. So Marcy's law, there, you know, I believe is, is a red flag law too, because the judge can, you know, a, a person charged, you know, charged with the crime and the judge can, you know, take his firearms away until, you know, you know before he's actually convicted, he or she. So, which is, it blows my mind. And, and you saw California just, Gavin Newsom, he decided to, the most strictest firearm laws that he's wrote into bill. Just oh, he just passed 15 or he passed 15 new, uh, new bills into law, I believe. Jeez. Yeah. And then, and his, his version of the red or California's version of the red fat red flag. <laughs> law there we go. Is, uh, is his version of the red flag laws are that teachers or anybody can say, Hey, you know, they, right. they can talk to a student and say, Hey, you go shooting with your parents. Does your mom and dad have a gun. And that can be deemed a threat, and you can, you know, lose your rights. Happened in Colorado recently. You know, you hear about that? Uh, maybe I can't remember. Yeah, there was a mother and son, which you know, were, you know, they, were, they shoot a lot, and he was shooting his twenty-two with his mother in the mountains or something, just target shooting, and it's put on Facebook, and then oh so yeah, he, went he to, got kicked out of school or something, right? Uh-huh. That, oh, is that the finger gun thing? No, 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 that's another. No, story. no, no. He, he was he was in the mountains with his, with, you know, with his mother target shooting. And he just posted a picture on, oh, on wow, or Facebook or something. And he went to school. The school kicked him out of out of the school, and then they, and they called the cops, the police, God, and then the just, police came and got involved and investigated. It, and they said, "Well, there's nothing, nothing that you know, unlawful here." And so they, you know, they had to fight the school. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> that, that just boils my blood. I know it's insane because I mean, like we talked about before, it's like it's the sport of shooting, and you can enjoy that with the family. I mean. I think Steve and I have talked about on the podcast before about, you know, seeing people improve their shooting skills and, and really treat it as a, as a sport or as a, a skill uh, that you can improve and work on and the rewarding, you know, skills that can come from that. Well, and we've even seen it with people that have never shot before that we've introduced to shooting on the podcast. That very true. Very true. 180 degrees. And I don't know, it's just so crazy that <clears throat> we, we're in a spot now with the Constitution because I really believe once the, the Second Amendment is altered or, or defeated in a way that you know it's all downhill from there. Freedom, freedom of speech will be next. We'll have to regulate. Well, they're already trying that. Really regulate how we how we speak. You know, I may not agree with with Chappelle's comedy, but oh my gosh, he can't say that. You know, as when, when he has every right to say whatever he wants, we we choose to be offended. We may not like it, but we also don't have to to participate if we don't want to. And that's the thing. It just blows my mind. I was already. Uh, Free speech zones in, in, in Washington D.C. and you know, yeah. you, you know, <laughs> and you have a you know a rally, then all of a sudden officers will show up and create a free speech zone that's taped off in March. So you have to go into that area to <laughs> exercise your free speech, which is absurd. I pay my taxes. The whole country is a free speech exactly. zone. Exactly. Yeah, man. Seriously. Oh my gosh. Oh. So man. you you mentioned your your uh, school carry bill, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit. Okay. Yeah, let's delve into that some more. What, so what, what exactly is the bill? Okay, the bill, um, so if, if you have an enhanced concealed weapons permit and, you know, if you're a parent or a teacher or a, any school staff member or even a janitor, you know, if you have that permit, you can carry and in school in Idaho in, you know, K through 12. Um, so it's just pretty straightforward, you know, and, you know, and, and, and the idea behind it for me is to stop, you know, school shooting. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, if it would be bad guy sees you know gun-free zones you know they're a target in my opinion you know 
and, and, and schools advertise it. You know, I've seen around the state, in yeah. Boise gun, or gun free zones. Gun free zone school. Well, okay, we're, we're, we're you know we're advertising that we're <laughs> not armed, not not, not going to fight back. So you know, of course, the bad guys going to pick that target and right. go after it. And correct me if I'm wrong, though. I, in Idaho, state law allows somebody to carry already, but school districts have the right to choose not to. Right. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. Well, the school board can say yes or no to a teacher or anybody that's okay. in, on the school premises. So it just boils down to the board itself. Right. And yeah. your bill would, would circumvent that. Right. Well, good. Yeah, because <laughs> and, and, and again, I'm sorry, I'm, I probably missed it, but what is the status of that bill right now? Well, right now, you know, I um, the NRA supports it. Um, the the original NRA director uh, uh, representative support both you know, and, and they've endorsed it and the FOPs endorsed it. So those two those two agencies have, have endorsed the bill. Um, but last session, the, the the organizations that are opposed to it were the Chiefs Association and the Sheriffs Association. Which really, which, which have been a common place in, in gun bills in Idaho. You know, the Sheriffs Association and Chiefs Association have been always opposed to you know. To, to gun bills, you know, constitutional carry. That's interesting. Underground. But, you know, I think the pr- part of the problem is, the, is you know, the leadership, for example, in the Sheriff's Association, you know, Vaughn Colleen is not very conservative. Um, and same, I, you know, I, I believe the Chief's Association is pr- quite similar. And I was actually surprised. I actually contacted my whole district, the Sheriff's and Chiefs, and about my bill. And I didn't get a lot of support. Um, really? No. Wow, that's um, that surprises. Yeah, that's I've had sheriffs. Yeah. I've had sheriffs say, "No, I don't believe in more guns in schools." You know, that was the Caribou County Sheriff, um, Bonneville County Sheriff. No, he, he, he even didn't. Paul didn't like it. Paul huh? didn't like it. Wow. Which, which I'm his ex opponent. <laughs> I don't know if that's personal <laughs> between between me and him, but he didn't like it. You know, and there's you know the chief and uh, Preston Idaho didn't like it. You know, which is all about you know, and they tell me that well. What, they, their reasoning is, or their justifications is that you know we have a plan in place to protect our schools, you know, we, we, and and we've established a relationship with our schools. And okay, but you can't be there in two seconds to defend these teachers and students. Yeah, and, there's a difference, and I think we've said it before there's a difference between a first responder and an immediate right, responder, which is ridiculous. You know, cops show up and it's over with, in in most cases. Yeah, and, and wow. you know, so the idea is to get rounds on the bad guy right instantly to stop these, you know, shut these things down. And you know, and, you know, an officer showing up ten minutes later, and it's all over with. Or waiting outside, like we saw in, right in, in Florida, yeah. right? With that coward, at Broward County, right? Man. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, I but, but like I said, the FOP supports it. So there there are officers out there that do support it. You know, I've heard that you know certain you know deputies in Bonneville County support it. So you know, they are out there, um, and so you know, Brad Ennis is is is, is the idle FOP president and he actually uh, you know convinced uh, you know the uh, lobbyist uh, Paul Jagosh to support the bill and and so that support is there which is crazy that FOP supports it but the sheriffs don't <laughs> yeah yeah that is kind of interesting I would almost think it would be opposite right personally exactly. well and I've, I've I've read and I've experienced at least back in Illinois where I'm from originally is that you know usually what the legislature and the executive branch of this you know the state kind of you know, system uh, opposes the uh, the law enforcement. You know, does support. It's it's kind of interesting how that goes. So it's kind of interesting to hear the opposite in uh, in Idaho. Right, yeah. right. And, and something that 
you know, some facts about, you know, certain states that, you know, like Utah had this, you know, has, has had this law in effect for 20 years or so. And, you know, and there are no issues, you know, no school shootings have happened in Utah, of course. Um, there was there was one incident with this teacher that was in the bathroom and, and, and her firearm dropped on the ground and went off. <laughs> so there has been an incident. But that's training. Right. That's a training right. issue. <laughs> um, California had this law in effect for a long time, which is crazy, you know, and, and, and people don't know about it. You know, it was 30, 40 years this law was in effect, you know, these permit, these, and there, and, and, and there never an incident with a concealed permit holder. Yeah. There, there was one incident with an, with an off-duty officer that was teaching a class, and, and his firearm went off in the classroom. But, but it was an off-duty officer. Yeah, to me, again, that's a training <laughs> issue. It's right. not a, right. the, the bill seems sound. But, and also another fact is that uh, concealed permit holders are, are more law-abiding than, than, than police officers are. Yeah, yeah we, I, we've talked about that before, I think, haven't we, yeah, Steve? My, my experience, you know, watching over ranges is that <laughs> civilians that usually pay to train and, and spend a lot more time behind a gun at the range tend to be safer than those that qualify twice a year. Sure. And and I've seen a lot of, well, uh, Mark knows, I, I, uh, I watched over a three-letter agency, a, a pretty formal group of a three-letter agency. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the door, the door kicker side doing mm-hmm. their job training and it was one of the scariest things I've ever seen. Wow. Not because of shock and awe, just because complete lack of respect for firearms <laughs> and rules. Like it was. Wow. I thought for sure I'd be putting tourniquets on that night. Well, we've talked about it before. That there's a complacency to it. You know what I mean? Where people just you carry a gun all the time, every day, no matter what. And after a while, it just doesn't matter. You don't think about it anymore, and it's it's complacency. Well, then you turn into that DEA agent that says, I'm the only one qualified to handle this firearm. Bam. <laughs> yeah, man. So. Yeah. Well, and, 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 and it's happened here in, in Jefferson County. You know, I, I knew an officer when I worked up here that, that shot himself in the foot. <laughs> so, yeah, wow. That, I know a Bonneville guy that did the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Even in Idaho, it can happen here. It happens. Like saying, it just gets to be a, an apathy thing. You get comfortable around something. You know, I work a lot with power tools, and the two times I've cut myself on a table saw are the, the two times that I got comfortable around the table saw. Yeah, you weren't it. thinking about it. That's just it. They're, they're tools. You know, firearms are, you know, are tools, in, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. They're not a this mass destruction weapon. No. They're, they're a tool of, to, you know, protect or to, to hunt or, you know, just, just you know, like a saw is with you know, woodworking, in right. my opinion. You know. I yeah. agree. Yeah, yeah. It all comes down to, to training and being responsible over it. That's it. And you can't ever get too much training anyways. No, you can't. We've talked about that too. Is the minute you stop learning is the minute you uh, you become dangerous. <laughs> yep. So, well, Chad, thank you so much for your time. Is there anything else that you want to uh, talk about that maybe we didn't touch on yet? Oh, I'm not sure right now. I, I, I'll, I'll probably leave and think of some more things. But... <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> So I have what I didn't tell Chad is I have five five questions I normally oh, ask. Oh, the five questions, the, the core questions. <laughs> okay. Um, and normally, like when we, I've asked these to you know trainers and stuff, and just to try and get a different aspect of who they are, and it's actually taken us down some pretty interesting um, avenues about you know getting to know who who people are. And is it okay if I ask you yeah, these questions? Sure. All right, let me find them here. Okay, so like I said, it's just five. And and feel free to answer them or not answer them. It's up to well, you. they are thought provoking. I'll say that they are. They are. <laughs> it took me all of five minutes to come up with them. So, all right. So, what uh, what experience experience in your life has been the most influential, and why? What experience is most influential? 
you know, you know, I think uh, it goes down to my my faith. You know, I think you know. To me, to me, my faith is you know you, you know a huge part of my life. You know, in fact, when I when I was you know deciding to run for office or not, you know, I I had to sit down and you know I had to you know pray about it and ask God, you know, should I run for office? You know, because I, I felt this is a not not just a uh, position, but it's a calling. You know, because I feel you know I feel that uh, you know protecting the rights of of uh, you know the citizens of Idaho is a, is a is a calling because they're rights God's given us. So I feel that, you know, just, just that relationship with God is, you know, is a huge influence in my life. And that's always, I'm going to guide me in my duties as a, as a, as a legislator. And I, and I get grief for it all the time. I'll post it on Facebook that way, how I, you know, mm-hmm. use God in my life and how I, you know, use him in the, in, in my, in my position or calling, which I just called it. And uh, I'm sorry. I'll always use it and always use that guiding light. So. Hey, George Washington was a praying man too. So, right. <laughs> well, I, I think he was. Most important. of them were. Most of our founders were. I mean, people yeah. try to fight, you know, argue against that, but they were. Mm-hmm. Right. Awesome. Okay, so nice. you just yeah. won, you just won the lottery. It was a huge amount of money. Um, what's the first thing you're going to do, and why? Well. Um, well our church that you not belong to, I probably wouldn't take any money from that, which, which I want to give a lot of money to our church, but um, pay off my bills, which, you know, I don't care about living extravagantly. And, you know, I just like having my home and we having some guns and a nice truck and maybe a couple of toys. And that's about it. I'm not a, you know, I don't, I don't need a lot of things. I'm, I'm a simple man. And I, I like to hunt and I like to fish and dirt black and snowmobile. And that's, ride my horse so i don't need much more than that simple living right simple living and so i think i would you know you know do good with it you know i I would support you know you know liberty causes as as much as i could um people like you know or or, or places like you know madison liberty institute i would support them with more money and and, uh yeah ron's doing a lot of work yeah ron nate's awesome he's you know another man that's you know that's you know, God's behind him. I, you know, I, I feel that quite strongly that God's behind that man and you know what he does. Yeah, he's, I have a chance to talk with him. He's a really cool guy. He is. So, you know, the, you know, those kind of causes I would definitely support more and more as, as, as much as I could with that money. Right on. Very cool. Right, what's your, what's your biggest fear? Biggest fear is, you know, leaving a country or a state that, uh, that my kids aren't, aren't free in. That, that's why I'm so passionate about these rights. I think is you know our not just my kids but our kids. You know, it's all of our children and our and our and our posterity. That's my biggest fear is leaving them in a in a place that's tyrannical and uh, and you know socialism and, and that, that scares me. And so that's why I'm so passionate about this. You know, and I, and I, and I believe that our you know my my father generation or my, or my grandfather generation have. I failed in certain areas. You know, they were good people, but they also failed to protect us of certain things. And True. so, I, I don't. You know, I, I want to fight now and, and stop the you know these future future issues that uh, will will cause a, a loss of freedom. Appreciate that one, actually. Yeah. All right. What uh, What would you say is your biggest achievement? I have my kids. I think that's probably. Most important thing, and and teaching them, and 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 you know, my son. I'll, I'll give an example. Um, 
last uh, Friday night, my son called me at 1230 a.m. So he's almost 20 now, and he's um, and it worried me. I'm like, what in the world? And I, and I couldn't answer right away, so I called him right back, and he said, Dad, you know, thanks for teaching me all these things and, you know, about uh, truth and about fighting for liberty and about God and how God's involved with all this and how much he cares about these things. And, and you know, and he had a quite experience that night with his friend, and they were— talking and, and reading scriptures and, and he called them. So I, I think that's, you know, stuff like that really gets to me and, you know, I, I really feel full that I taught my children well. And so my, my, my biggest achievement is, you know, teaching my children the right thing. And um, That's awesome. Yeah. Very important. I appreciate that answer too. That is awesome. You got one left, right, Steve? One left. And this is actually my favorite question. And also when I, when I ask this, I think about how I would answer and I, I kind of know how I would answer. So, but I like hearing other people answer this one. It says, who would you consider your hero and why? Uh, you know, the, the first man that comes to mind is Edward Taft Benson. Um, just his stand again, you know, for the constitution and God given rights and freedom. And he, he was just vigilant this, his whole life and preaching the, the constitution and, and liberty and, and freedom and and he's inspired me time and time again and, um you know i you know i you know uh, visit press Idol quite often because you know it's, 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 it's part of my district so I, I i go down there quite a bit and and i'll see his gravesite and i'll you know go up there and just sit next to it and and just soak in what his what he's given me and wow. and his uh um you know, so I think he's definitely top of the list there as far as, uh, and in fact, you know, I, I ran for sheriff in 2012 and had a guy say, Hey, go, you know, go down to, uh, to uh, Smith and Edwards in Ogden and, and, <laughs> and get some constitutions from them. You know, they'll, they'll give them to you for free. So I drove down there and, and I talked to Mr. Uh, Smith and uh, he said, yeah, I'll give you some constitutions. And, and he told me a story about Edge Chap Benson calling him to, to, to to a priest constitution the rest of his life and he, he and it was amazing just that whole That's conver- conversation and you know it, you know it, it wasn't for, you know official church calling by the lds church but you know, but benson said you know go out and teach you know constitution the rest of your life That's and awesome. he said he said you know since that day he had and he, and he fulfilled that promise to Ezra Taft benson and and just the chills i got from that conversation and the inspiration just you know you know just 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 help help one of it Help me even more, and that's cool. Yeah. I had, that's never great, that. yeah. And if you haven't been to Smith and Edwards, oh, that store, store itself is awesome. <laughs> Pretty good store. Yeah. Put it on your list, man. Yeah, for sure. It is a destination. Yeah, it is <laughs> definitely definitely a real Walmart, a, a true Walmart store, not a not a. There's only one. It has everything there, not just yeah, it's, you know, whatever you want. <laughs> it's there a mom pop store, yeah. Yeah. Well, Chad, thank you so much for taking some time with us. We really appreciate it. And uh, if uh, somebody wants to get a hold of you, how can they reach you? Uh, probably email is the best way. It's uh, christensen at house.idaho.gov. And you got a Facebook presence? Right? Facebook presence, yes. That's I think, pretty. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. can find all the haters. I've noticed last time I was on there, there's because I, I follow you and I'll often respond to some of the stuff right. you post. And yeah, you do. <laughs> I noticed there's a couple people that are definitely not in your district, oh, uh, or in the state. Quite a few, uh, maybe I not was, even. Not oh yeah, I get them all over the world. San Francisco <laughs> and yeah, you got a lot of folks coming after you. England and wherever, yeah, for sure. New York State, yeah, they, they must be the, doing something right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they find you. That's for sure. 
Well, cool. So, all right. Well, hey, thank you again, Chad. We really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, if you want to get a hold of Chad, let us know. Uh, we can point you in the right direction to podcast at iishooting.com or hit us up on uh, Facebook and Instagram at Range Minded Podcast. Uh, thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Well, see you guys. Thanks. All right. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to Range Minded. Find us online at Range Minded Podcast on Facebook or send us an email at podcast at iishooting.com. We're always happy to get feedback, episode suggestions, whatever you want to send us, really. And be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and pretty much wherever else you get your podcasts from. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.